Live in the basement, it's your man, Matt the Mogul. And today I'm joined by my special guest, prophetic artist, vision coach, author, and CEO and founder of the Grow Bloom Project. Please welcome my special guest, Kristen Nicole. What's good? Hi, how are you? Good, good. I appreciate you coming on this show today. I know it's been a long time coming. Um, we talked about this. Yeah, we talked about this. Years and years ago, one day having our own podcast, so it feels good yeah. just seeing this come to fruition. Um, also, just seeing you grow and bloom over the years, ever since you know we met in high school, um, we're taking this art thing to a whole nother level. Um, I feel like I feel like your journey this far has so many noteworthy lessons that I feel people as well as you know entrepreneurs uh, can benefit from and also you know need to hear. Um, so I guess we'll kind of just start from the beginning. Like, I know that you always loved art and especially in high school, but, uh, could you just kind of share like how you got started and some of your earliest memories with art? So, um, my earliest memories with art started back when I was four. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually have a picture to prove that. And, um, there's this like joy that's in this picture. I remember that. Um, that I still have yeah. to this day. Yeah. So it started then, um, I, as a child, I just always had art supplies in the store. I always wanted like colored pencils, pencils, yeah. um, sketchbooks, crayons, whatever to keep my mind occupied. Um, and also, I just, every time we did it in school, I just, you know, was drawn to it. It was just something that stuck. So um, I didn't necessarily think it was a career choice mm -hmm. when I was young. I just knew that it made me feel um different yeah. you know it's just a link in me so um that's when it started and then professionally it didn't start till i was 26. so so, so when you yeah. were younger you were actually in binghamton where you're at now um yeah and then you moved <laughs> you, you moved out to uh virginia and kind of stayed out there for you know into your adult uh and adulthood and then um you just kind of moved back. Um, what was it, like 2014? 15. 15, okay. So, yeah, I um, my dad actually worked for IBM. Mm -hmm. So that's how we found out about Binghamton. Um, it was either Binghamton or the Midwest, and my dad chose Binghamton. Yeah. Um, he hated Binghamton. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he actually lost his job not that long after we moved out here. So we was kind of just out wow. here. Wow. You know, just trying to get by, you know, he didn't have a job for a while. So my mom, she came from keeping me at home to working yeah. and being the breadwinner. So, um, but still that love for art kept me through those hard times. So I remember drawing and, and yeah. coloring and stuff during those times. So, now, yeah. I, I remember when you, when you actually moved back in 2014 or 15, um, yeah. I feel like that was kind of like your rebirth as a creator. Um, yeah. I remember um, specifically um, one event, the sip and paint. And I feel like for me, that's when it all kind of started because, you know, of course, I know you I knew you loved art and I knew you as kind of doing like the more abstract art. But yeah. when you came home uh, and brought home your canvas from the sip and paint, I think they had you draw like some trees in a forest. And I just remember the detail 
that you put into it was mind blowing. And I had never seen like draw like that before and paint like that. So I remember after that, I was like, wow, like this is another side I've never seen. And then shortly after that, you started to sell your art. People started to buy. So talk about kind of like what that transition was like when you first sold your, you know, your first painting. So, yeah, I remember that day, like it was yesterday. <laughs> um, I was going with a friend to just have fun. And I remember me in there finishing my painting before the instructor, before everybody. Yeah. And they were like, have you done this before? And I was like, you know what? I have. Yeah. And um, everybody had me finish theirs that night. Yeah. It was like, can you help me? And that's like my first introduction yeah. into teaching yeah. per se. Cause I was like, okay, I'm just gonna do it. And I just recognized how natural I was with it. And after that, I just picked up some supplies and I was like, all right, I'm gonna test this thing out mm -hmm. because I wasn't a painter. I was a, actually a, a sketch. Like I would sketch yeah. all the time with pens and pencils. Yeah. So I was never into painting. Um, charcoal I did, but never painting. So it was surprising to me yeah. that my wrist just flowed like that. And um, yeah, I just put the, uh, what I call crap now, but <laughs> I put it up and um, people were like, how much? Yeah. And I, it just like was like a sucker punch. Cause I was like, whoa, I never thought about this. What am I going to do? And it made me sweaty. And, <laughs> But so, I charged him and made it happen. Made it happen. Yeah. So I think yeah. the lesson that I learned from that was that growth comes when you're put in these unfamiliar and uncomfortable environments. It's like a breeding ground for growth. And so I feel like, you know, I knew when you were about to, you know, move out there, I was like, I knew it was going to be something good. Um, I just didn't know what, but it seemed like that was like your real introduction into a creator, into like an entrepreneur. And, um, it definitely had you grow being in that environment where it was really not too many people that you knew. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it was like, what else to do but grow, you know? Yeah, it was very strange. You was actually the only person that agreed with me moving here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. My mom wasn't even for it, but you was like, just try it. Yeah. You know, just try it out. You can always come back. And yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. Because Binghamton's nothing. It's nothing here. Um, still yeah. nothing here. Uh, but it's it, it's a community here that um, you won't experience anywhere else. Like, these people really support yeah. what I do out here. So, that's probably the only thing that has kept me going yeah. and, and inspired me to just keep doing what I do. Because they'll randomly message me. Um, just encourage me in general. So, I'm yeah. thankful for that. Yeah, and I had the opportunity to actually um, go with you to one of your major shows. Um, you bring up all these things, I'm like, well, these <laughs> these are the God. these are the lessons that you know by by being around you and you know being with you sometimes that I mean it taught me yeah. once I learned. Yeah. So um, we yeah. went we went to the Howard Theater out in D.C. and um, yes. that night I learned a great entrepreneurial lesson, and that lesson was. Uh, don't be afraid to set your own price. Um, and that... that to me again. <laughs> don't be afraid <laughs> to set your price. Um, and that came when, you know, you had me there kind of just helping you set up and everything. 
And I remember we were putting, you know, you were saying like, what, what should I price this one as for your paintings? And I think it came to this one painting and you were like, what should I, what should I price it as? And we both were like 300 maybe. And, and, you know, I don't know if you believe that it would sell or not, but you just kind of went with it. So just kind of talk about that moment when, after you put the price tag on it, I don't think it was too long after that someone came up to you wanting to buy it. Yeah, that was a pivotal moment that yeah. Howard Theater showcased because I had just gotten over the flu. And wow. my car had just gotten to I remember, I remember. So yeah. I got to that showcase by the skim of my, like, just barely. Um, and you came and you saw, like, you know, all the artists there. It yeah. was not just me there. Yeah. So, it was a little petrifying like you know these were some good artists and i remember us talking i was like i don't know what to price my stuff and you was just like just do it just do it, do it. see what like, happens okay and yeah. as soon as you know i made that decision i mean the show started and my table was like flopped the whole time and somebody actually ended up buying it yeah. and i'll never forget that showcase <laughs> i made the same amount that my check was working for the long wow time. same amount wow and i was like wow and but the pain that it took to get there yeah. it was just like payback like it was just paying me back yeah for all of that because i i mean i had the flu for like two weeks and I was like nervous mm. and I still had to sell tickets for this art that, show. That was way before COVID. Way, way before COVID. That was way before COVID. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it, it, was a, it was a perseverance that I'd never experienced before. And um, I got it done traveling out there. I yeah. sold my last ticket. I had to sell 21 tickets to yeah. be able to showcase. And I sold my last ticket at 10 p.m the night before that was just such a, a memorable experience that i mean oh my god i mean I, i'll never forget just everything just the howard the, the howard theater and just like the history the rich history that 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 place has i mean that was amazing um another another lesson um i remember back when you were kind of like uh stepping in to your calling um of being an artist uh you know you wanted to be a teacher you wanted to be a speaker uh, journalist, entrepreneur, activist, and you kind of at that time felt like, you know, you were kind of cutting yourself short because you wanted to do so many things. Then you started to see that through art, it allowed you to live out all of those lives. So what what advice can you give to people struggling uh, to choose a career who might just be coming out of college? So my thing is, um, stay true to yourself. Mm. Like, that is so cliche, but honestly, you will be able to tell what you like and what makes you happy and what you do, um, things you do at ease. Like yeah. you're not struggling, you're not frustrated. Um, those are the things that you need to pay attention to and possibly make a profit off of because I found in my life, I've sabotaged myself a lot to try to fit in these squares right. and, um, you know, from our conversations, I'm passionate about a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, government, yeah. all, it's so weird. At the time, it was weird. But now... It makes I'm sense now. that art... <laughs> right. Now, art has opened all of those doors for me. That's like, crazy, to man. Be a, 
It's crazy. <laughs> That's about crazy. It, but it's literally checked off each box of like, you know, just the Black Lives Matter mural, the um, speaking to people, just encouraging them um, at the colleges, just yeah. doing all these things that I never thought art would open the doors to. So Facts. if you are getting out of college or you're not trying to go to college, definitely pay attention to what you like and don't get discouraged by other people's opinions because you're the only one that knows you. So, yeah, I like that. I like that. I uh, appreciate it. Yeah, so I mean, just stay true. Like you said, stay true to what, you, what you're what you passionate about. And every all those doors will open up if you just stay true to yourself. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, because everybody's not going to like what you do. Yeah. They're not going to understand yeah. it either. But nope. as long as you do, um, that's, that's all, all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> that's all that matters. So uh, the pandemic hit, 2020, right? Um, if that didn't shake things up in your life, uh, you topped it all oh, off with uh, you topped it all off with quitting your job and becoming a full time entrepreneur uh, during the pandemic. Out of all times, talk about the roller coaster ride that has been since making that decision. It's still a roller coaster ride. <laughs> um, yeah, I quit my job ending um, out the 2019 year like that. Yeah, and I didn't. I didn't know this was on the other side and I was, um, you know, just starting to uh, do workshops in person, starting to like speak even more in person. All these things that I was doing was in person. So when COVID hit, I was like, oh snap, I did not prepare like I thought. Um, But by the grace of God, there were things that people actually reached out to me for pertaining to art um, that just kind of paid my bills and fed me throughout the whole time. Like, I, I mean, I've been hustling this yeah. whole year. Yeah. Half of the stuff I've done, I have not shared, like working virtual events for my friend, like all this stuff. And what it showed me, though, is that I have a lot of skill set yeah. that still can be utilized yeah. um, when things like this happen. So being an entrepreneur, honestly, it's not really about yourself. It's really about serving others. And that's what I'm learning now. That's the space I'm in. I'm like, get out of my own way, because this is not about me. How can I serve other people? Right. It's about everyone else and how I can better serve them. And so if you are an entrepreneur and you're still in that selfish mind frame of, well, you know, entitlement and I, you know, people have to buy my stuff, you know, it, you'll get smacked down quick. Yeah. Like, yeah. people will come down and be like, <laughs> hold on, girl or, or guy, you, you don't have it like yeah. you thought you did. So yeah. I really had to, you know, get creative again and go back to that childlike mind because I had gotten comfortable. Yeah. I had gotten content. Like, I got customers. So yeah. now it's like people aren't really buying, they're buying art, but they're not really flocking to it like they used to. Right. They'll rather have it on clothing or some something to go with them. So it's not necessarily about wall art anymore. And, and I had to change. I had to change everything. Yeah, you kind of so. like, you kind of <laughs> pulled that that safety net from underneath of you. And I, everything, yeah. the, everything depended on you. It depends on you now. So yeah. Um, the lesson yeah. that I kind of got from that 
was uh, don't be afraid to let go and, you know, believe in yourself and also believe that God was going to make a way, you know, when there seems like it might not be a way. So I appreciate. Thank you for I, that. I learned that from, from that situation. <laughs> There's more days that I'm like that than like knowing what exactly I'm going to do when I get up. Like it's literally a faith walk. Yeah. Like, I don't know what every day is different for me. Um, and I've learned, like you said, to let go and just let God, let it be. Yeah. If I feel like creating a day, then that's what it's, it is. It's so like, it's, rest. it's scary, but also exciting at the same time, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like that childlike mentality. Like, I'm getting back to that because I had lost it. Uh, because, you know, when you get so many people buying your stuff mm-hmm. quickly, the way that I did. Yeah. And then I stumbled into all these other things like sipping paints, art shows, like all that came so quick. Yeah. So I got comfortable. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to always have, you know, this stream to be my number one stream. And when it got knocked off, I was like, oh, snap. Yeah. <laughs> no. I have to go back to my resume and see what else I can do because... Yeah. This ain't it right now, but it's coming back. It's coming back. That was, I think, that was a real, you know, transformation that I got to witness, you know, firsthand. So, um, yeah, that's, that's my word of the year. Yeah, that's dope. <laughs> that's dope. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, uh, yeah. speaking speaking of college, um, one thing that you did create uh, during the pandemic was um, branding university or branding you. Um, <laughs> talk a little bit about what that is. So, branding you um, was just an idea that I came to my friends about. Not gonna say no names, but <laughs> they helped me with the names. But I wanted to teach people. I just had this urge to teach people what I knew about. Like, um, I do a lot of things that I don't give myself credit for. Yeah. Um, yep. Such as like merchandise, like finding things that artists usually don't know about um so i put myself in the position to teach so i set up all these workshops throughout covid about apparel um brands and about branding yourself about being an artist like it wasn't just about you being a painter i would i had people from all across the board so that was a joy um to see them benefit from the information that I worked so hard to get um, and then put it in a class. So that's where branding you came from. It's just like, it's you, you're the brand. So you have to be very careful about how you put yourself out there. So I wanted to share that um, within a form of like workshops and stuff. So I I did them all virtually. That that's kind of how and where the the one versatile chick comes from because you were able to really touch on so many different branches of branding and merchandising and things that really like we said before all came out of art. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I and you know I've had that name for like a long time, a long, long, long time. time. Yeah, and I didn't know what it was back then when I started um, my Twitter with it. Yeah. I was just like, it just fits. It just fits. And um, me to spell, to spell a chic like chick. Yeah. It's just like a chick and I'm chic, you know, and I was just like, it makes sense. It makes sense. Like, yeah. I don't know how to describe me sometimes. So it fits. It, it fits. It definitely so does. It definitely. Yeah. It's going to be a uh, trademark soon. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> 
Um, uh, one yeah. thing, one thing I love about you is your commitment, like you said, uh, to the community. Um, you've had back to school drive for the kids, turkey drives for Thanksgiving, art shows, um, poetry events, um, vision boards, and you all, yeah, man. And you also, right. Uh, <laughs> and you also sit on the, uh, board for the NAACP, um, in Binghamton, um, Man and Juneteenth, Juneteenth and um, Juneteenth, yep. Southern tier, Southern tier young professionals. Crazy and another monumental thing that you did for your community this year during the pandemic was you brought the Black Lives Matter mural to to Binghamton. Please talk about what that meant to you and kind of the path that it took to make that a reality. So that meant a lot, um, honestly, because things like that don't happen in Binghamton. Um, Binghamton is not African-American based at all. Mm -hmm. So it's majority um, Caucasian. And, you know, I'm from the DMV area. So with me, right, with me (laughs) seeing that happen when I was actually visiting, um, I was very emotional when George Floyd happened. I, I, I tell people all the time, I think I saw the clip before everybody else because I was like, why aren't people sharing this? Yeah. So once they caught on, it just got even more emotional. And I'm just like, where do I stand in this as an artist? Because I didn't want to just paint him. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to do that typical, um, thing that every artist does when somebody dies yeah. um, I, I really wanted to change make a change yeah and so people kept tagging me in the black lives matter mural in dc and i was like That's why massive. why not bring it here I'm not even, right I'm, i was like i'm not even touching that yeah but people kept tagging me so i'm like this means something yeah if they're tagging me and not other people so in with that it showed the impact that i've had on people's lives through my artistry and i was like you know what i think i can do this and i literally one day somebody (laughs) suggested start a petition guess what krista did i googled i was like how can you start a petition and i set it up and i got over four thousand signatures like within a couple days yep i remember crazy and with that, um, I was I didn't really think about how the mayor was gonna contact me or how I was gonna get this started. I just started the petition and I'm literally sitting at my desk like this one day and the mayor called me and I'm like, How did he get my number? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they're like, Is this Kristen Mann? You know, this is the mayor's office, we wanna speak to you and I was like, Sure. <laughs> and then on the other end I'm like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, my heart was palpitated. And so they was like, yeah, you know, we heard you wanted to do the mural, like come in and meet with us. And, you know, I'm thinking everything's good. And when I came to meet with them, still was good. We went over streets, we went over all the stuff. And they was like, okay, we just need a proposal. Got help to do the proposal, got, had everything in place. Yeah. And then they started backpedaling. Yeah. That's when the real work yeah. and the real colors showed. Yeah. Because I fought for almost two months. Non-stop. Done, and Non-stop. Wanted, right. On top of everything else, yeah. um, I wanted to have it done on Juneteenth. Yeah. It 
surpassed Juneteenth. We were still, I was still on live, using my live. Um, I had all the government, local government, basically looking at my live video. The news, the news station, everything. Yeah, I was going off like in a professional, political way. And so finally they approved it out of nowhere. And it's still up till this day. They gave me originally 10 days. Yeah. And it went to 30. Yeah. And it's still there. It's something something that powerful. It, it just surpasses the test of time. I mean, that's God, man. It was, you know, what was really powerful about it, though? Um, the history I found out about the street that I chose. That street was known for suicide. Wow. And I had no idea. And then you took it back even further. That's where the KKK headquarters was. On wow. That I didn't so know that. for that to happen, mind blown. And you said it was, was what, what street was that on? It was on Wall Street. Wall Street. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. It's called, it's called Wall Street. And um, the, the everyone wasn't happy with that street. Um, they had their opinions, but I just kept going. I was like, that's where it's going to be because it's literally downtown. It was off the road. Local people can walk, you know, without getting hit. So it was perfect to me. Yeah. Um, but everyone had a problem with it. But I still kept going. I was like, I don't care. Yeah. I mean, and that, that street might have had its history, but you helped rewrite that history with that. <laughs> right. It yeah. overturned. Exactly. Like, I didn't find out though until like a month later. People was like, you know that was the KKK headquarters. That's crazy. I'm man. Like, That's wild. <laughs> That's wild. You never know. You never know. So um another historic street that you're a part of uh is your grandfather's oh, wow. street, um Johnny <laughs> Man Street in Warrington. Um uh, talk about his uh his impact on the town and what that means for you and the family. So his impact meant more to me as an adult than when I was younger. Um, he was the first black councilman of Warrington, Virginia. Um, and he did that actually when he was older. So he was already about 60, over 60. Oh, wow. When he decided, yeah, when he decided to make that decision. So me seeing that was inspiring in itself because it was like, never give up you know never think like your life has ended past a certain age yeah so to our family it meant a lot because this is a black man again warrington is not (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's just like binghamton to me it's just virginia's version but it meant a lot and I carry that with me when I do these certain things, such as like the Black Lives Matter mural and um, just really putting myself in position and make a change. Yeah. So that's really where I got it from. Yeah. You know, my blood is, it's in my blood. And that, that would be something yeah. that, I mean, that's, that's a legacy. I mean, it's going to go on yeah. and be there, you know, it's in, it's con it's in concrete now. So that's really yeah. dope. Um, and yeah. of course, talking about legacy, uh, we have to mention uh, you became an author by creating a children's book uh, based yeah. on your own son, uh, Legend. Uh, tell us how you came up with that. <laughs> tell what you, hey, there he is. <laughs> tell us how you came up with the uh, the idea uh, 
and the process it took to create. Yep, there it is. Yep. That's it. Yeah, so I um I actually wrote this book two years before I put it out. Um I had just one day came up with a theme to do the days of the week and I was like Oh, I can't see myself as an author. So I kinda just like <laughs> I kinda just sat on it. Yeah. Like I didn't think nothing of it. I was just like, okay, I'm gonna listen. <laughs> Sorry, he's like Okay. Um, so I really didn't think nothing of it. I had wrote the whole book. I had wrote the sentences, the title, everything. And I was like, I don't know how to publish a book like this. Yeah. So he was two when I wrote it, but then I didn't publish it until he was four. Mm -hmm. So I would say like to anybody that, you know, wants to write a book, don't sit on it. Just kind of like take that jump because it, man it's still creating a legacy in people's houses with their children like they're still purchasing it randomly and it's just like a stream that's never gonna end but it's also more um, meaningful because it's teaching children the days of the week and and then it happens to be legend on the cover and as the character and so does he realize like what it is does he realize what's happening Oh yeah. yeah. He's, he's now he's like that's my book. Okay. Whatever. Okay. But I'm like, no, you have to you have to be thankful because everybody's mom doesn't write them a book. <laughs> right. And so my whole mind frame was to create something to fill the gap of Little Bill going away. Yeah. Because, you know, I used to watch Little Bill. Yeah. Um, that was kind of our uh, you know, black character we had as a child. So. That was my whole creative process. I was like, I want another little bill for future That's dope. generation. That's really yeah. dope. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, as entrepreneurs, I know um, the key is kind of like to network. Um, but during the pandemic, it kind of stopped all travel for conferences and stuff like that. And then there was an explosion of kind of like the virtual conferences and you actually yeah. hosted a few this year, um, one in particular being Afrotech. Talk about how that experience was. So working Afrotech <laughs> changed my life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you to, shout out to Carlette Hewitt that mm-hmm. owns the, um, she's the CEO of the Perpoint Group. Um, yeah, it changed my life because it was uh, just so powerful to see us black people as just professionals in the tech um just atmosphere and you don't really know until you get into places like that that we're out here in these streets doing <laughs> right a lot right um so they the way that afrotech was ran it was so smooth everyone was so professional and it's all it's an all-black company mm-hmm. and so it just kind of inspired me to just keep going and know that when I do create a team for myself, that's how I want it to be. I want people to be able to thrive in their positions and not feel like they're less than anyone else. Like I was doing just something regular, but they let me feel like I was part of the team. Right. So um, I was taking notes as like from a CEO lens um, to not just overthink things right. and let things flow and 
and the right people will come when the time is yeah. uh, for me to you know, grow my team. Right, so, yeah. right, facts. It was amazing. And I know during that time that you were doing Afrotech, um, you were also kind of telling me about um, the Clubhouse app. And that's another thing that kind of <laughs> exploded during this pandemic. Um, talk about how the Clubhouse app has kind of revolutionized the game for entrepreneurs. Like, you were you were pretty early on it, for real. Yeah, um, I was on it. I've been on it for about two months now. So... Uh, again, my friend Carlette invited me, and I'm like, what's this? Carlette's the plug, right? What is that? Right, right. <laughs> so, have friends, always have friends that are the plug, but, yeah. um, um, like Matt as well. But, <laughs> yeah, she invited me to this app, and I'm like, all right, what do you have to do? And yeah. she was like, all you do is use your voice. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> yeah. And once I got on the app, and I just, like, hopped in a room, and all the information that these yep. people was giving, yeah, I was like, I was becoming addicted. Yeah, it is. But it's very addicting. It's it's very addictive, but it's such a game changer. And it's like, like just be cautious of like what you intake because mm -hmm. you can hop in the rapture, <laughs> like, yeah, you can get lost in that. But yeah. um, I usually I mainly use it for um to gather with other artists and yep. creatives and yep. um one thing i'm learning about in the art industry is that it's changing over to um like currency like um bitcoin like all of that oh yeah oh that, yeah 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 so um i i am learning all about that and it's I'm a little scared. The cash apps are probably going to start taking Bitcoin soon. Um, here, I'll break, I'll try to break this down as easy as I can. So, people are no longer, like, creating art on a canvas. Mm. Now, they're creating it electronically in these, like, worlds of people paying for it with Bitcoin. Crazy. And other... That's crazy. Yeah, and so, it's not even an art piece that people are mailing it's like literally it's so mind-blowing yeah. and i'm like what is going on and it's rapidly like all artists are catching on to this so i'm finding tech and art is colliding yep like they're yep. starting to come together even more now yep. and if you don't study or keep up or talk to these people you're gonna be left out so that's the beauty of Clubhouse. You can know something uh, like way before everybody else. Yeah. And, and I, then utilize it. It's so dope. Like just being in those rooms, it kind of, Clubhouse is kind of like bridge the gap for information. Like whereas, yeah. whereas, yeah. whereas like Google kind of revolutionized how our parents had to go to the library for information. You know, we, yeah, we had Google, up. but now it's like, we're able to get like millions and millions of dollars of information where you probably would have had to pay a hefty, you know, ticket price to hear this information. Yeah. Like you've been to the um, millions conferences and stuff like that. Uh -huh. And we're getting that same level of information for free whenever we want it. We just open the app up. So, you know, I think yeah, that's you don't have to be on camera. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that too. I yeah, but that's when it. I speak, nobody will know. Exactly. So, um, yeah, it's been beneficial. I've, I've definitely formed a lot of uh, pivotal relationships uh, 
within my in- industry and others. So I'm excited to keep, you know, to Thanks. happen, see where it goes. Um, I'm kind of drawing back because, you know, I, Me too. I'm creative. So Me too, I right. Like, <laughs> right. I can't have too many voices, you yeah. know, but I think it's great, you know. And it's so crazy. It's still in beta form. It hasn't even came out fully yet, so... It's amazing, man. Yeah, Androids, they're, they're not on yet. No. Womp, womp. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, um, I'm not team Android. <laughs> right. Um, so, when you think about your purpose, um, what do you feel like yours is, and when did you kind of have that full circle moment? So, I'm, I'm becoming to have, like, a different definition when it comes to purpose. Mm. Say that again. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Say that again. <laughs> Say that again. I recognize yeah. that I have not been acting like I've been born with my purpose. Ah, I've been acting like okay. it's a detachment. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. something that you're born with. Right, right. And so when you change your mindset to know that your purpose is something you were born with, you're more confident. You're more... You're, you go after things that's impossible more because you were born to do it. But over the years, I was kind of like, all right, you know, this is Kristen. There's my purpose all the way over there. And so I'm, I'm trying to like chase this facade of my purpose not even being within me. Right. And so lately during COVID, I've been um, just working on holding it near and dear to me and dissecting it to the point of not trying to be like anyone else, stripping away things that I may have like tapped onto myself and thinking that it was good for me or thinking that I should go into this industry and do this and that. Um, But I've really taken time to strip down my purpose and it feels good, but it feels uncomfortable Yeah, because I have a big purpose. Mm-hmm. I have big things that I still haven't done. The mural was nothing compared oh, to wow. what I have to do. Yeah. And so I try not to get overwhelmed with it, but purpose to me is something you're born with. And you just have to know that you are created to do several things, mm-hmm. not just one thing, right. several things right. to create a change in this earth. And if you don't, and you're sitting on your purpose, you know, you're literally walking dead. Like, you're not Facts. You're not living at all. Facts. Um, so, I'm, I don't want to be dead. <laughs> I want to be living. <laughs> right. So, I fight for my purpose. I fight to walk in my purpose because I don't want to be walking dead. I love that, man. I love that. Thank you for that. Um, you had a very historic year. How do you outdo yourself in 2021? Oh, well, I have a mission um, to be the artist version of D Nice. Okay. And Ninth Wonder. Hey, manifest that. Manifest that thing. (laughs) So I have made the decision to go live every day until the wheels fall off. So what I mean is I'll be painting different paintings every single day putting you know just letting people see the process i've gotten away from that but people like to see the process process. they like to know like how 
do you get from A to B? Yep. So that is my value that I'm adding to the online space, like showing the process. Yeah. Um, writing other books, you know, my second legendary lessons book is coming out. Okay. Um, we use our hands. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and creating like merch, you know, I, I've accepted the role that I'm a designer. Mm-hmm. No, everybody can't do that. Yeah. I see when I do stuff, I'm like, oh, it's easy for everybody, but yeah, everyone can't create what I create. So I have to walk, like I said, I have to know that I was born with this purpose. Yeah. So there's probably gonna be a lot of things, um, you know, coming down the pipeline, okay. such as like a store, okay, um, things like you never seen before, um, learning more about tech. And how I can intertwine that with Definitely. you know what I'm doing. Yeah. And I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Okay. I, I don't really know how to do that. But <laughs> that's dope. <laughs> I, I'm just walking. I'm not thinking about it. I'm just walking. That's how it should be. Well, I appreciate you for coming on the show today. But before we go, uh, let the people know how they can get in contact with you. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Kristen Nicole Mann, M-A-N-N. Um, and you can follow me on Facebook under Kristen Nicole Mann. And I do have a podcast as yep. well. Um, <laughs> it's called No or Never and also Now or Never. It's like kind of like a trick because um, my first name starts with K. Right. So I talk about just everything that's going on now and... I might pull some people in, like guests, and Matt has to be on there. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah. that's been doing extremely well because of Clubhouse. Yep. Um, yep. And so on my Twitter, and people have been listening, and I'm like, who are these people? Yeah. But um, yeah, you can keep up with me there. And then my website is kristinnicolemann.com. Well, hey, I wish you uh, wish you much success in this next year. Thank you. Um, like I said, I'm I'm oh. proud of your growth and everything. So just keep it up, man. It's no no ceilings. No ceilings. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, man. All right, I'll holler at you later. Okay. All right.